Hello everyone and welcome to Display Week 2020. My name is Brian Berkeley. Um, as a past president of SID on behalf of both SID 2020 and Nanasys, I'm your host for interactive discussions this week as we have conversations with key display industry leaders and influencers. It is my honor to introduce today's esteemed guest, Dr. Paul Alvisados. Dr. Alvisados is a distinguished professor of nanoscience at UC Berkeley where he holds appointments as professor of both chemistry and materials science. He is an internationally recognized authority on nanochemistry and among many accomplishments is an industry pioneer in the development of semiconductor quantum dots. Dr. Alvisados has made fundamental discoveries that have helped the world to better understand nanoscale science. He has won dozens of awards, including the Wolf Prize in Chemistry, the Linus Pauling Award, the National Medal of Science, and appointment to the National Academy of Engineering. In fact, it was just announced that Dr. Alvisados is this year's winner of the Priestley Medal, which is the highest honor conferred by the American Chemical Society. He is also the recipient of this year's Jan Reichmann Award from SID. His work spans numerous important applications, including displays, biotechnology, and energy. Dr. Alvisados also happens to be a co-founder of Nanasys, who is sponsoring these talks. Paul, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm really thrilled to be here and to have a conversation with you for this, for this event. Well, first, congratulations on winning the Priestley Medal. Uh, how, how did you find out? I got, a, I got an email <laughs> uh, saying, uh, I'd like a phone call with you from the president of the ACS, and then uh, we had a phone call. It was really wonderful. I, I'm so honored to get that award. It's a, it's a very special one. Um, so I, I'm really grateful, and I'm, I'm grateful especially to all my coworkers over many decades. Uh, well, again, congratulations. It's, it's huge. Um, you know, these times uh, are so different right now, and I'm wondering how the pandemic has affected you uh, personally as well as your research. Yeah. Well, personally, it has such a dramatic impact. Uh, we've been uh, uh, sheltering in place as a family now um, since uh, around March 12th. So it's uh, quite a while. And um, it's a definitely a very different experience of life. We're kind of fragmented, isolated. We, we connect with each other via these kinds of video events. Um, and I think most people are experiencing it as being uh, a complicated, hard time to, to manage through because of our, our loss of human connection in so many ways. But we're here as a family. We're, our family is safe. Our daughters live in the area. And so we're in a social bubble together. We're doing our best all to, to manage. And I imagine that's true for, for most of the participants in this virtual conference is that it's had a big, big effect on their lives. So um, I hope they're doing okay. Uh, I will say that um, for our research, um, our, our research group shut down for a while. Uh, in terms of in-person, you know, being able to come in and do work in the lab. But um, actually, we had a very, uh, I have to say, in the end, an extremely fruitful period uh, when we explored a lot of projects that were of a kind of um, data mining uh, and machine learning kind of uh, activities. 
which actually opened up some new avenues for research for us. So it was actually a very productive time for the research group, actually. Uh, and, and I'd say about uh, a month ago, we, um, we received um, um, limited access back to our laboratories and, and to the, I think, great relief of all the early career people who are working with me who can now uh, do experiments again. And so we're back, we're running, and there's a lot of good work going on in the lab. That's good to hear. As, as far as UC Berkeley is concerned, I heard that they had gone to all remote instruction for the fall quarter. Well, um, we, we had been planning and we have planned to offer some in-person instruction, but uh, during uh, the last several weeks, the uh, public health situation wasn't improving enough to allow that to occur. So we will certainly start the semester uh, remotely um, we have more than um, uh, a thousand uh, instruction type of activities that we could offer uh, in person with social distancing uh, if, it, if the health conditions improve. So we might shift back to some limited in-person instruction partway through the term if, let's say, in October, it turned out that uh, public health conditions had improved sufficiently to allow it. But for many students, that's, uh, they have to make decisions about their housing and other things. And they, they, any student will have the option to do their entire semester remotely if that's what's best for them. Um, I know one of the ways that COVID-19 has affected both of us. Um, I wanted to know if you had received something that looks kind of like this in the mail uh, <laughs> in just the past couple of days. I uh, did, yes. <laughs> that, that would be your Jan Reichman uh, prize. Yeah, that's uh, correct. So congratulations on that Thank as well you. from SID. Uh, what Thank I just you showed, so much. What I just showed was the uh, service award, and uh, both you and I were supposed to receive those uh, on stage during Display Week. And, of course, yeah. <laughs> since Display Week is going to be held remotely, um, yeah. We got our package in the mail, but uh, uh, again, Actually, congratulations. I just let, me just, let me just grab this here. I've, uh, okay. I think this is what I got, and it just came yesterday, and it's, uh, it's kind of the, uh, uh, the, the, this, this metal, and it's, it's really nice. And so I, it just came in the mail, and I got it, uh, I guess, on Saturday. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that's the Jan Reichman medal, and, and you are one of the medal award recipients this year. So. Yes, along with Munji, yes, my, my, my great colleague. And, uh, yes, and, and, and uh, the Munji awards. Munji Bawendi from MIT. Yeah, uh, awards just keep coming in uh, for you. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what you feel is the most exciting advance you've seen in nanoscience in the past year. Uh, and can you talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I just want to say that the field of nanoscience, um, it just keeps gaining momentum and new things happen uh, with some regularity here. So um, this is actually a pretty hard question to answer because there's so many wonderful things going on. Um, but I will point out one thing, which is just, it's been in my mind for a while now, which is in the last few years, and, and with a really interesting publication this year, um, we now have um, some examples where uh, the, uh, the structure of a quantum dot of a nanocrystal, well, of a nanocrystal, I should say more correctly, um, has been determined at the atomic level, the position of every atom 
listed as a, you know, this is where it is on this particular crystal, one crystal at a time. Um, and um, I'm very excited about that because uh, we have a long progression of making ever better uh, nanomaterials. But uh, typically, we only know uh, average positions for many of them. And, and uh, it's a little bit like uh, what happened in biology when the structure of proteins could be determined with atomic precision. All of a sudden, it opened up a whole new way of um, thinking about uh, biological chemistry. And uh, I think the ability to actually find and know the position of every atom in a crystal with real, uh, with real accuracy. So very much like the way we determine the properties of um, uh, proteins, where we know the position of every atom. Uh, we're now getting to the point where we can do that for our uh, uh, small crystals that are made um, in the laboratory. And I think that's going to usher in an era where we can control matter much more precisely uh, and achieve much higher performance properties. If we talk specifically about quantum dots, uh, what are you most uh, excited about? these days, whether it's display applications or biomedical energy or some other area. Um, yeah. Uh, sure. What, what excites I, you? Yeah, I can tell you what I'm really interested in um, myself uh, more than anything else, which is in the last um, period of time also, we've started to prepare uh, quantum dots that um, uh, have um, the ability to um, absorb and then emit light with um, no quantum losses. In other words, every time a, a quantum dot is excited, it will emit light. And when I say every time, I mean um, maybe only one out of a million times would it not emit a photon. Wow, that's like so, that's like a superconducting quantum dot. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent so, efficiency. Uh, it, it's really approaching one hundred percent efficiency, getting closer and closer to that. Uh, a display today probably has ninety-five um, percent uh, efficiency, and that's plenty good enough because uh, you know, okay, one out of every twenty excitations uh, maybe is lost, but that's negligible and uh, the display is bright enough and so on. But um, with this new kind of quantum dot that's emerging, uh, we can use those to concentrate sunlight and then to make new kinds, uh, it will sound a little funny, Brian, but we can make new kinds of engines where the, uh, instead of having a piston and cylinder with a gas, it would actually be light. <laughs> that's being compressed and expanded in order to uh, harvest energy. That, that is the wildest thing <laughs> I've heard in a long time, but uh, well, anything coming so, out of the Alvis Autos labs, I, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't been done yet. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a project for a whole field of people to work together, but I don't think it's so crazy. And I think uh, five, 10 uh, years from now, uh, we may have made certain kinds of engines that work with photons instead of working with uh, conventional uh, expansion contraction like a conventional refrigerator does. 
And uh, those will have their own uses that will be very special. Um, so that's kind of, my mind is uh, engaged in thinking about that problem a lot of the time. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit far from displays, but, um, but it could turn out to be really interesting at some point. Um, that sounds so interesting. Uh, of course, uh, SID is uh, associated with and, and focused on displays. And if we talk about quantum dots, they can be applied to actually many different kinds of display technologies. And that includes photoluminescent color conversion for LCDs, uh, likewise uh, photoluminescent applications for OLEDs, such as with, uh, I think they're calling it QD OLED. Um, and then uh, there's future micro-LED applications, uh, also photoluminescent, but then further out, uh, QD EL, where instead of uh, exciting the quantum dot with uh, a photonic input, it's through an electric current. Um, so I'm wondering if you have thoughts on future QD-based display applications, the likely directions uh, or the greatest potential. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, uh, as you point out, there are many ways to use a quantum dot in order to make a display. And um, all of them feature one thing in common, which is uh, increasing uh, the color gamut. Uh, and um, I, I think it's just important to take a moment and think about how wonderful that is, that, that these displays are getting um, better and better at being able to show the colors that we experience, that we live with, uh, being able to show them uh, true to what, what we see around us and giving artists and creators that extra uh, power to, um, to express their vision. I just think it's a, it's a wonderful development. And uh, the quantum dots will continue on a pretty steady progression. Um, and uh, it's very interesting to think about. Uh, as you say, down the line, uh, the um, QD LEDs, all electrically pumped, uh, they are making dramatic progress right now. And I'm sure we will be seeing products uh, uh, down the road that use that. And that will be uh, really important uh, for low backgrounds, uh, uh, for, for having, you know, dark, uh, very dark LEDs and for many other such uh, 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 kind of applications. And also, uh, we'll be seeing uh, uh, better energy performance out of those, you know, handheld devices and other things. We'll take advantage of that very beautifully. Um, but I, I also think there'll be uh, ever brighter, extremely bright displays, which will have their own uses and select technologies. Um, so I, I think there's a full range of further developments to be had there in the quantum dot display uh, arena. Uh, and there'll probably be a succession of developments over at least a decade uh, for those to completely mature. Uh, and so I think that's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to. Uh, both to uh, trying to be a part of helping those things occur, 
but also um, having those devices, I want to have them myself to use. <laughs> I think that'll be great. Well, that's, that's what makes it so exciting is when not only have you taken part in inventing something, but it's something that you get to use uh, yeah. as, as part of your life experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an amateur photographer, and I really enjoy doing that. And uh, so I'm excited about the prospects of having uh, a sensor, uh, you know, a camera sensor and a, uh, uh, a, a, a set of displays along the workflow and then the final print all being able to really show uh, the full color spectrum better and better. That I'm excited about that. Well, and, and that's an essential element of the reproduction chain. And uh, so uh, how wonderful to be able to have participated in uh, making that possible. Um, true to life reproduction is, is one way to refer to it. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people attend the SID conference and participate with the society, and I am sure that they are interested in getting direction from you. Uh, would you like to offer any guidance to SID participants, uh, especially with regards to nanoscience and quantum dots? <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure that uh, this SID please, will Please have... use them, right? <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, I guess please use them, but also uh, uh, anything that they, that a, a participant wants to do to try to understand them a little better because they have yet to achieve their full potential. They're doing a lot of important uh, heavy work inside displays today, um, and uh, but there's more uh, to come. And I think uh, one of the things that I find very, uh, very fun at attending an SID is how, um, you know, to me, there are kind of two things always to look for. One is uh, what's new at the highest end? Uh, what is the, you know, uh, some kind of a, a new type of display that just hasn't been shown before? Um, but the other part I especially like to pay attention to is um, what... What has finally become uh, accessible to uh, the largest part of the market? <laughs> uh, and every year that grows. Uh, and to my mind, that's in some ways, they're, they're both very, very interesting. Uh, but at this point in time for the quantum dots, I'm, of course, very eager to see that part because that's when it finds its way into the hands of, of the most people. And uh, so that's... I, I will certainly, uh, when I'm visiting uh, SID, I'll look for that. <laughs> One of the things that we've seen is that um, quantum dots have uh, most certainly moved into the mainstream. Um, I see that there's still places that you can go even these days. You can go to Costco and, and there are other places. And yeah. When you see all these uh, QD-based sets there, um, that's, that's certainly exciting. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if you have thoughts on how SID uh, as an industry supporting organization can help to bring new uh, technologies into the mainstream. Yeah. Well, um, frankly, I think uh, there are many things that SID does. Some of them are educational. 
for for the technology community itself. Um, I mean, if we take the example of quantum dots, it really does require an entire range of companies uh, to uh, to be involved um, along a value chain, uh, along a, a production chain, but also um, as a competition marketplace. And uh, when a new technology or new material becomes available, um, uh, there's an essential function of helping uh, everybody understand it <laughs> and then become able to, uh, to be part of that uh, ecosystem. Um, so I, I think SID has done a lot of that over the years, and I think it's a really important piece of it. Um, but the second piece that's out there, and I think it is quite important, is to really help consumers understand uh, what the different technologies are. Um, I did purchase a television recently. Uh, I won't say which model, but it's of course a quantum dot TV. <laughs> and I will say that uh, the 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 um, there are so many um, specifications out there in the marketplace uh, that uh, different manufacturers use. Uh, it can create confusion for the consumer uh, to try to understand how do I know which product to buy? How do I understand that? And I think SID plays an important role in helping um, create the kinds of uh, information that an educated consumer can, can, can access and know more so that they can be able in the marketplace to make their own decision. One of the areas where I'm involved is in this SID group it goes by the name of the International Committee for Display Metrology, or ICDM. And the ICDM publishes uh, a how-to guide in terms of making measurements. It's called the IDMS. And uh, we're actively working on a V1.1 release right now. And so even just unifying the metrics and the way that these products get characterized can therefore become important and so I'm feeling good about the opportunity to uh, meet that need that you speak of. Um, so that's, that's important feedback for us. And I assure you that we'll keep going with those efforts. Um, yeah, well, thank you. I think that's really important. Uh, and uh, it, it, it helps just lift everybody. So it's a good thing. I, I got involved as an executive committee member um, last year. And we're, we're picking up steam. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, uh, it's not. We're not supposed to talk about the specific activity, so I'll, I'll defer on that for now. But uh, just know that uh, we're working on addressing that need that you've mentioned. Um, yeah. So, Paul, what what do you feel is the biggest challenge facing the display industry? Oh my gosh, uh, the display maybe, industry. Maybe not a fair question because I, I know that's not. Uh, the thrust of your research, but or the, the only area of research, but um. yeah, well, uh, I think the display industry is um, facing a number of, uh, of challenges, um, and one of them certainly is that um, the um, the expansion of the of the um, of the industry, in my mind, really does depend on uh, creating um, new ways 
that uh, consumers interact with their displays. Uh, obviously, there's a there's a sort of conventional set of ways in which we interact with displays, um, and um, that's an active marketplace, and it has continuous improvement, and so consumers do uh, gravitate to newer displays over time within the existing way of using them. But um, I think um, uh, there's a, still a lot of growth to take place as new ways of interacting uh, uh, develop. And obviously the uh, small phones represent, uh, you know, that was a huge wave that has uh, come through the system. But I think we know that lurking out there are some other additional ways of working with displays uh, that just haven't yet become um, widespread. And uh, I guess to my mind, uh, that as if some of those are able to materialize at scale, uh, whether they're um, AR, VR kind of uh, activities, or whether they're very, very different kinds of uh, 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 displays that might be used in the, in the workplace and so on. I, I think there are a number of uh, possibilities there for essentially what amounts to still a very nascent markets that could turn out to be really important. Well, there's this uh, symbiotic relationship between newer and better displays that achieve certain capabilities and form factor, uh, power consumption, uh, a variety of targets that then enable uh, applications, new types of applications, uh, such as the ones that you're speaking of. You know, the phones that we carry around today would not have been possible without the display technology. Uh, devices like advanced watches that connect to the phones. Yeah. Uh, think about that, and, and the displays yeah. have been a, a critical part of that. So uh, yeah. I think we can have confidence that uh, there are a number of companies working on innovation, uh, both for the device as well as the systems that incorporate those displays. And um, I look forward to seeing that, too. Um, I have a, a, a final question uh, for you. You're you're one of the foremost scientists in the world, and based on your journey in discovering and growing the technology, I wonder if there are any stories or lessons that you would like to share with young scientists or entrepreneurs who are getting started in this field. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, um, these journeys are always um, uh, full of uh, unpredictability. <laughs> So uh, I will say that um, my first experience uh, with uh, the topic of uh, nanoscience, when that occurred, uh, I could never have imagined what those materials would be used for. <laughs> uh, I, I had simply been learning uh, about um, certain aspects of chemistry and physics that uh, I didn't understand well enough for myself, for my own um, understanding that I wanted to have. And uh, I, I was fortunate uh, that I um, had the opportunity to be in a very exciting environment um, at Bell Laboratories. Um, and uh, Munji also was there uh, a little bit later. Uh, and um, it was just a period of asking very open-ended questions uh, in a way that was uh, really 
exhilarating. But I think we had no idea <laughs> that these would turn out to be displays and all of those kinds of things that materialized later, biolabels, whatever. Um, and so I guess if, if, if uh, we're talking about wanting to see um, some kind of a, a, a new breakthrough, uh, then it's important to be um, really trying to ask fundamental questions and not to believe that people already know the answers to them. <laughs> because um, especially somebody that gets to be a little bit older in career like me, <laughs> we've, we've tried a lot of things and some have worked and some didn't. And um, I think a new person coming in has the chance to take a fresh look at things and to be uh, uh, kind of pushing things in ways that are quite different. And I, I just can't encourage a, a, an early career person enough to say, hey, um, uh, yeah, get to know what people are currently knowing and what, what the, what the you know, important figures in your field think. But, um, you know, don't be afraid to think that there's entirely new knowledge that we just don't have yet. Uh, it's out there. And so I, I would say that's probably my biggest encouragement. Um, for entrepreneurs, it's a little different. And uh, my sense is that there too, it's important to really be uh, having a, a, an open mind about what isn't known. But of course, the process of discovery there is quite different. And um, I don't think I'm as expert as many others would be in that. <laughs> I feel a lot more comfortable talking about uh, more the fundamental discovery than I would about how to be a great interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, sometimes things do work out really well. And, um, you know, what I hear you saying is uh, don't be afraid to go into new areas and don't feel limited. Uh, um, there may be failures along the way, but there can also be some really big successes too. And yeah, take a risk. <laughs> take a risk. Take a risk. Um, it's it's much better to take a risk than it is to do something where uh, it's already kind of circumscribed. Um, fantastic advice. And uh, Paul, I just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, that's going to be a wrap uh, from Display Week 2020. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure okay. and uh, thank you. it's been very inspiring. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you and, uh, and good luck to everyone uh, working our way through this terrible pandemic. Uh, hopefully we'll come out the other side. And, uh, I, I'm hopeful for that. Thank you. Thank you.